fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. All right, so we're talking about the expo, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. I think that's just the best way to go about it. conversation without Josh talking like this yeah hey guys guys be quiet my wife's upstairs sleeping <laughs> I'm so happy I'm actually recording this <laughs> uh, is your mic on uh yeah all right in three, two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick K. <laughs> I'm Chris Lepper with a mouthful of bread. <laughs> That's true. I forgot. No, no seriously. This is a uh, Josh has got like a nice uh, charcuterie tray. Uh, For those of you that don't know what that is, like me, twenty minutes ago, it's a lovely piece of wood covered in the most delicious cheeses, breads, meats, grapes, and like prosciutto and. Salami, salami and, salami and all just deliciousness, and you tend to have wine with it. I know a lot of people. Cheers! Don't oh, yeah. cheers! Really L- listen, everyone. Wine, but, oh, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> no bourbon tonight. Got a little pinkies out. Yeah, pinkies out. Pinkies little, out. Little Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. We're we're podcasting with class tonight. Yeah, because uh, we have something big to announce. We do, and it's going to take up the bulk of the podcast tonight. But it's kind of an important thing that um, has really kind of come together really over the past few days that we decided yeah, 24 that hours 24, exactly. 24 hours twenty four hours. Um, it's uh, something that's I think going to be a big deal for a lot of people in the community and just uh, the outdoors in general. So. We have decided to have an expo. Yeah. We are going to host... All-male review. All-male review. <laughs> that is not what we're doing. <laughs> um, so, to preface this, I think there's a lot of people, myself included, probably Josh included, and probably Rick included at some point, but there's a lot of people that see gear that... They want to own, but they can't commit to buying it without trying it. A lot of that uh, is the technical gear. Um, I know that you can go to stores now and try on Sitka at certain places, but for the most part, I don't know that you can go try on Kuyu hardly anywhere yeah. or First Light or, um, you know, I, I'm sure you can find Badlands here and there, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anywhere where you can go try Dan Infault or the DeQuisto series tree stands that have recently come out. Um, I don't know where you can go and try saddles and platforms and different climbing sticks and all that. So I have uh, some people that were gracious enough to work with me, sponsor me, whatever you want to call that. And I thought we would do sort of a teaching train, if you will, where we got, you know, 20, 50, whatever people together. Generally, you do like food and they just show you their products and, 
you get to try their stuff. And I wanted to do that for them. Well, then, the other day, I have a conversation with some guys from Buckmasters that wanted to come down and hang out with our crew and maybe score some deer heads for people. And um, they had recently done it about an hour away from us, and I hated that I didn't get to meet them because we interact with them online yeah, all the time. quite a bit. Uh, Will Leonard and Toby Hughes. Oh, yeah, I've... I've seen yeah. Will Leonard on Will, the page. Will yeah, okay. I didn't realize he was all the time. Part and of I believe uh, Toby is the guy who scored um, the new record for Kentucky's. Probably uh, the guy that I know from uh, Demosville. Okay, um, I can't confirm or deny that, but I would assume that's probably yeah. correct. Both great guys. I talked to him a decent bit online, and and I even told him like man i i really want to link up at some point well they listened to our podcast last week i oh i always feel like i'm probably the only listener (laughs) (laughs) and so he he mentioned a line out of he talked about your bacardi 151 (laughs) and he said he had some oh really he said you get some people together to get some deer heads scored and I'll bring the 151, and I laughed about it, and then I got to thinking. Like, man, let's put something together. Then I remembered what I wanted to do for Eastern Woods Outdoors, and I thought, well, we ought to just combine that. Mm -hmm. Well, then the hamster jumped on the wheel (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) And this is classic me, by the way. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm going to change everybody's lives and disrupt everything as well. We're focusing on 47 more things today. Um, so I came up with the idea that we should do a mobile hunting expo. There are so many people that don't know all the different different climbing methods. SRT, MRT, uh, people do the one stick and the two stick and um, the different aiders. And there are so, I mean, just the different Regular amount of climbers. Aiders. Yeah, like, well... well me and Rick and probably even Josh, we stem from the generation that used the climber. That was the yep. mobile hunter. The mobile hunter used the climber. Yep. And that was the most. That was the most giant, revolutionary thing you could get at the time. That was such badassery mm-hmm. that you could move from tree to tree. But the one thing that I always hated is it seemed like the best spots you could not get into or get up very high. Because there were branches on the trees. Right. Yeah. Had to be a perfectly straight tree. Yeah. Well, otherwise I mean, you were unless you're SOL. Captain Sketch Artist like myself. <laughs> but if there's branches on it, for the most part, I won't say ninety or I won't say hundred percent, but ninety eight percent of people will say once you go above a branch with your top piece, you're not bringing that bottom piece over it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. No. <laughs> no. I, I've seen it tried. Yeah. I had to I, rescue I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I had a dude that I had to rescue out of a tree, and it was crazy. I, it was uh, it was Tom. Oh, So yeah, well. it was like opening week of the Ohio deer season. We were out in Hillsboro. He was at the top of the hill. I went to the bottom of the hill. When you're at the bottom of the hill, you have to go way up in the tree mm-hmm. to get above the deer, right? Dude, I'm not... I'm not just saying this because I used my icrometer to measure it. I was like 40 plus feet up. I had a 50 foot rope, so I could generally tell about how high I was. I was 40, 
40 plus feet up in this tree. But when you looked to your right, you weren't that high up. Right. If you looked left, <laughs> you were high. Yeah. So I get to the top. I hear help. I'm like, whoa. And I mean, it's warm. I'm pretty sweaty at this point. I had just got my bow pulled up. I hadn't got it on the hanger yet. And uh, I hear help. I'm like, what? He's like, I need your help. I'm stuck. I'm like, oh, sh. This is real. So I lower my bow, go all the way back down the tree, take my tree stand off, pack it up this hill that is not a pleasant hill to go up. And he's in this gigantic freaking oak tree. It is huge. It's brace, It's basically too big to even climb with the summit, like mm-hmm. what you used. Um, I don't know how much experience you have with those or not, but... Um, he tried to take, he tried to sit on his plat, on his uh, rail of the top piece and take his bottom piece off to adjust it. He, did, he wasn't even trying to go around a limb. And he chilled right there on that, um, on the rail until I got there, which was like probably, I mean, it probably took me 40 minutes or so, something like that to do what I had to do. So it was pretty crazy. I'm glad that I was there. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so then I go back down, go back up the tree and then pull my bow up. And I'm like exhausted. How many deer did you see that day? Huh? How many deer did you see that day? I didn't see deer until I started getting down. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was too hot to hunt. That was back in my idiot days when I'd hunt when it was 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and all that. And I was stupid. So, but anywho, to be, to be, uh, Clear also, just so people know what we're talking about, I think that the majority of people probably know what we're discussing. We are not talking about like mobile like a car. Yes. Like we're not driving this it's isn't this isn't like a Chris and Rick and Josh's road show. This is going to be at a singular location yes. to display mobile hunting methods. Yes. yes. This will include but will not be limited to. You like that? Um, this will include, but not be limited to, saddles, lightweight, hang-on tree stands, platforms, climbing sticks, steps that you would use, mm-hmm. rings of steps that you would use as, as a platform. This also, hopefully, will include e-bikes, mm-hmm. kayaks, canoes, all kinds of different ways to make you mobile in the woods to get to where you need to go, climb up the tree you need to climb, be in the environment that you need to be in to find success. And this will cater to the side that is trying to cut weight down. Because let's face it, most of us have probably used a climber, and climbers are just fine. But they're a little on the heavy side. They're a little mm. little on the bulky side. They're a little louder. Um, and you can be just fine in a climber. Mm-hmm but you can generally get a little better with a little lighter setup. It's easier, you know, and, and you can't think in terms, I, I'm always guilty of this and I have to stop myself. You can't think in terms of, oh, well, I could carry that. Well, of course we all could carry that through the woods for however many miles. We're thinking about taking the load off of you so that way when you get to the tree stand, 
you're a little less tired, things are a little less cumbersome, you climb quieter, you walk quieter, and one thing that I like to focus on, eh, funny choice of words, um, I think focus is not looked at enough when it comes to hunting. People don't drink enough water. People don't eat enough, myself included. You skip breakfast and think you'll be three pounds lighter. And so you wonder can eat a why, steak. Well, well, not only that, but, I mean, you wonder why the hell you're wanting to fall asleep in the tree and you're not scanning and listening and all that. You get tired. Well, that's because you're dehydrated and malnourished and you're not a focused, prepared hunter. So that that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, yeah, and, and I can I can speak to you... <laughs> <laughs> not uh drinking or eating enough because i think i've hunted with you now a handful of times and every time it never fails i'll you know <laughs> i'll get like a drink of water and chris is like man i didn't bring anything or <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> I'll, terrible i'll snack on something and chris is like man i didn't bring anything <laughs> hey man won't you let me get a bite of that <laughs> Can I take a bite of your beef yeah. steak? <laughs> Luke's the exact opposite. Food's falling out Luke's of his pockets. Child. So that's, that's oh not true. That, that's, that's so not true, though. That's so not true. Because when we went turkey hunting two years ago during uh, during the great COVID uh, turkey hunt, yeah. um, he's sitting there on a tailgate at one thirty. Like, God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I had like I had like trail mix like cubes that i had brought and i'm like well here he, he ate the whole bag yeah like he ate all oh. it was like it was like a quarter of a pound of those things well, in there. listen that, to that this had to be a rare occurrence captain child that has food all the time because he does <laughs> unless i'm like hey I, I got the food i'll make us sandwiches whatever right and he does the same for me yeah um dude talks about how he got sick before the world championship mm-hmm. you know what the little mm-hmm. didn't do <laughs> Woke up and didn't eat or drink anything and then went and shot 20 targets. Uh, that's not good. Oh, f- sorry. I'm trying not to cuss. Heck <laughs> no. It is not good. And that mixed with him not feeling well. But of course, what I mean, literally doctors, doctors shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> I'm yelling that for his wife upstairs. Um, what does a doctor always tell you? Drink plenty of fluids. Eat healthy exercise like it's so simple yet none of us do it or a lot of us don't anyways and that's something that i'm going to focus on this year is is to take a little bit of food nothing crazy i don't need a damn five course meal and seven gallons of water but like not long ago when i went scouting in southern indiana um i was out there i want to say i was out there like seven or eight hours I think I did, I think that day was five, five and a quarter, six, six. I did six miles that day. How do you remember that? And I don't, I did six six miles that day in the sun. It wasn't 90 degrees, but I think it was like 86 or something. It was warm. Dude, before I got back to the truck, my head was splitting and all I could think of, I drank some water that had been in a jug in the back of my truck for like a month. I probably caught AIDS or something from it, honestly. (laughs) So, um, but now like the last time I go out, go with a buddy. Can't mention his name yet. (laughs) Go with a buddy and he doesn't bring any water. And I'm like, Hey, I brought 
two liter bottles of water. Well, I said, I've got water if you need it. And I don't think that he knew that I had two mm-hmm. bottles. And I offered some to him. He's like, no. And I'm like, listen, I already know that you're tough. You're probably going to want some water, bro. I'm <laughs> telling you. Like, this isn't the easiest walk. We're going to be out here for a while. And the sun was pretty warm that day. So he broke down and took it. Dude, by the time we were done, even though we had that water, and I'm pretty sure I had snacks. Right. We were dragging. And he he told me a couple times, like, I don't even want to think about what it would be like if I didn't have that water. And I'm like, well, you'd probably have a splitting headache like I did a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, so, these, so these are all things that are, like, are probably going to be covered at the expo. Absolutely. So, yeah. so this isn't just like... Hey, come see this stuff. We're going to have like stands all over the place. We're not trying the, to just hawk products and everything yeah. like that. Even though we want you, I mean, we want you, if you, if you want to buy something, buy it but the, and, I, and there could be good deals, but at the same rate, we're more, and I'm pretty sure I should just let Rick say this, but we want to educate you. Right. Yes. So like, that's part of, that's part of the whole idea of us doing this is to have seminar type stuff going on there too. Um, Archery stuff, how to climb with this stuff, uh, hopefully wild game cooking stuff, different things for people to kind of go through and understand each piece of this because there's a lot of different stuff. And we said this last week, you know, whitetail hunting is one of those gear junkie things where you can get into, you know, some really, really crazy stuff. At the same time, it can be very simple and mm-hmm. you can do really well with a lot of things. You just might not know how to use it or how to do it. So the idea here is that we also build seminar stuff or lectures into these things so people understand it a little bit more so they can you know, go out and do these things. And we don't have you know, necessarily what's all lined up for that just yet. But the idea here is that we will, you know, have this as a continuous thing, hopefully year to year, and build upon it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, you know, we're reaching out to different people to, like, guest lecturers, guest speakers to do these different seminars, whether it be, you know, using a saddle, using, you know, a one stick, using a hang on, different, mm-hmm. different stuff like that. Um, so we're, we're currently in the process of reaching out to people. We've gotten some some response from people. I think you said Eastern Woods Outdoors is already yeah. confirmed. Um, and there's, you know, many others that we're reaching out to. I actually just got a text from Kyle Skelly with Innovating the Outdoors. He's going to come as well. Sweet. Yeah, that would be good. Kyle's a good guy. Kyle's awesome. For those of you that don't know, we did a podcast with him not long ago. Yeah, it was in January, I, I, I think. I want to say we covered trout. Covered a lot of trout fishing. Yeah. So and and his uh, whole system for his, his public land bow hanger. Uh-huh. The other thing that he has recently come out with though is a neat little device that you can attach your trail camera to and strap it to a tree and basically get whatever angle you want. Now if you're like the three guys sitting here, you only know the stick system. Where you put the stick under the bottom or the top of the trail cam to aim it 
where you want it to go. Shimming it. You're yeah. shimming. I'm, tr- I'm <laughs> getting shimming. so tired of this on public land because I, oh. I take my my climbing stick with me and then I get up so high on the tree and then I'm like, man, I got to really angle this thing. Like, let me look for a, a branch or something to put on the top of this camera to angle it down. It's It becomes frustrating after a while. You get tired of it. Also, God help anybody if the buddy I took with me scouting the other day wants your trail cams. <laughs> I don't I don't care if you took a climbing stick. You know those I want to say it's an Ibex? Yeah. Where they just climb trees because they're there and they want to stand on the little flimsy limbs <laughs> yeah. and eat the leaves. That's what That's he does. That guy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And and he's just like them. He's climbing a freaking honey locust. Ugh. A thorn tree. Covered. <laughs> he didn't know, which I don't think a lot of people do. So a lot of people think that poison ivy only has three leaves. Yeah, it does. It. All, those, all those vines that crawl up the trees everywhere you look with yeah, five leaves. Ivy. That is called Virginia creeper poison ivy. And I was like, hey, um, I don't know. I don't like this tree because it's got the Virginia creeper. And he didn't. He didn't even know what that was, so he just climbs up the tree, and I'm like, dude, you better wash your hands when you're done with that. Well. Take a he, pee later. Then, then I got the question. He was like, well, why? I'm like, bro, that's poison ivy, and <laughs> it is not like the kind of poison ivy. It will get you, and mm-hmm. it got me when I was 18 really bad, and since then, it's like, hey. I learned this. <laughs> then I later learned the name. I had sleeves on both of my arms. It was crazy. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> anywho, we want to put together something that educates people. We don't want to just have something, you know, we had, we've got the Deer and Turkey Expo that we go to in Columbus. We've got the Cincinnati Travel Sports and Boat Show mm-hmm. down in Cincy there at the, I want to say it's the Convention Center. Convention Center. Center. And it's fun to go to those, but let's face it, I can tell you everything you're going to see. You'll see taxidermists, and you're going to see outfitters, and people selling boats, and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Entrepreneurs are great. We love big and small business and in between and all that. But I want something where I'm going to learn, and I don't want to just be able to learn it from 1.30 to 3. Right. I want to have good education the entire time I'm there and I want to tailor it to people's needs to where if you really don't care about Dan and Fault's new stand and you want to saddle you're not going to sit through that you're going to go over to the guys where the saddles are and you're going to pick all their brains and talk to them about all the different gear and uh, accessories and methods of climbing and all that and how they uh, go about climbing up and down the tree and all kinds of different stuff. Because when you when you get into the one sticking, the SRT, and when you get into the saddle hunting, that's where you can dive down a rabbit hole that you can't even imagine until you hear people start talking. And I've just now started to really die. I just thought saddle hunting is saddle hunting. And then when I got into the one sticking, I quickly realized... I'm basically not even in a rabbit hole. There's like a black hole that'll suck you in. Um, we won't be having paint companies at this either. What's that? So we won't be having paint companies at this either. Paint so companies. Ounces of paint. 
That's a dig against all you saddle guys. I have. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing against you. But this is eight ounces. <laughs> if this I just, is ten ounces. If, if I take this to Mako and I get all of it sandblasted off, and then I put this paint on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm you joking. You got to do Cerakote, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, though, that, that people have learned to cut weight because it's crazy little things like that that open doors up for other things and you get people's minds working even though I think it's very backpacking community-ish it yeah, is like, oh my yeah. god it's like, that it's that where it's, it's the like rock climbing oh if, and if backpacking you, community if you, if you want to cut like two ounces off your get pack titanium get, man. get titanium or if you're gonna unobtain you, it <laughs> take your toothbrush and just take the neck of it oh. Seriously, I mean, yeah, dead serious. That's what that's what uh, that gets into. Yeah, I mean, speaking of backpacks, yeah, all that that community is all about cutting weight, and then that seems to be the way everything's going for mobile hunting is all about cutting weight. I mean, it it definitely helps, I think, in the long run. I mean, you can you can get real intricate and particular about it, and it's like, oh, it's nine ounces versus ten ounces. That doesn't make a whole lot of difference, but. At the end of the day, right, when it comes to packing out a deer, if you can cut some weight, like, it's going to help. Like, if I go from a 12, if I'm carrying 12 pounds on my back with this mobile setup, and I can cut it down to, you know, five, seven pounds, it it makes a difference after, you know, you're trying to pack out five miles or something like that. Yeah. I opened a beer instead of wine that time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. The wine's gone. Why is all the wine gone? <laughs> Why is the wine always gone? So, another thing that I would like to hit on at this, and, and again, I never want to be the guy that says public land hunters have it tougher than private land, because I honestly think the people that think that are full of shit. I don't want to think that private land is easy or harder than public and vice versa. Everything from hunting over a corn pile or other, you know, mineral or whatever, all the way to scouting your way through a wilderness, everything has its challenges. There's there's strategy involved in all aspects. Absolutely. And and I think you I think mobile hunting improves your odds no matter where you go. Right. That said Definitely. I think that there'll be a lot of public land-sided things involved with this, one of them. I don't know how I'm going about going, going to go about this, but whether I have to edit the video that I've been talking to you guys about and just show it there, or come up with a way to do with it, to do it, um, I want to show people how they can get away from people and get the deer out without spending two days doing so. So let's face it, I had a conversation with a guy online today, and he's very right. The people that say that they're five miles in on public land are generally full of <laughs> They used their icrometer. Yeah, they did not very, measure it on Onyx. Very few places you can actually get five Yeah, you miles. can't. I don't know of a place in Ohio where I can be no. five miles Maybe Wayne National Forest. I'd say maybe Wayne. No. That's a big maybe because, maybe. again, a lot of all these, you know, Shawnee, Brush Creek, probably shouldn't say these names. People are going to kill me now. <laughs> no, you um, shouldn't. 
I mean, they're they're big places, but, but if you, if you draw a line, they're checkerboards like you know, BLM. I mean, there's you know. like tiny little spots, so it's very difficult to get five miles. Heck, it's tough to get two and a half or three miles away from a road or trail or you know whatever. So um, that said, you go out to hill country, you know, you get a mile, three quarters of a mile. You go two and a half, three ridges over and kill a deer, even a doe, you're, you're going to have a long night or a long day or whatever. And uh, I don't care how you get, I don't care if you have buddies, but you don't have reception generally. So you're not going to have them unless they're already there. Right. So last year, because of my love for Western hunting, uh, DIY on public land, you don't drag stuff out there. You cut it up right there, which is a lot more difficult than I thought it would be, and you pack it out. And so I started doing that with white-tailed deer last year when I helped buddies and did it for myself. That's way better than dragon deer. So much better. The only obstacle that I found was keeping it keeping your environment clean while you did it, the leaves. Now, let's be honest with each other. When you gut a deer and you drag it, what happens? The leaves, the dirt, the sticks, everything Get in the body gets cavity. in the body cavity and on the inside area of both of the hams that are now exposed due to gutting the animal. So, I want to show people how to keep that area clean, how to break down an animal, but more importantly, how to put it in a pack, a few different packs that they could select that would cater to their hunting needs, you know, as far as whether they're going to use a a hang-on, a saddle, you know, whether they're one-sticking or two-sticking or whatever they're going to do. But I also want to bring up the aspect that they could choose a pack to pack an animal out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people buy these whitetail specific packs and I use very heavy quotations with that. Those are eastern whitetail specific packs because most people don't pack animals out here. And I, I totally understand that not everywhere allows that. There are certain WMA state parks, states, whatever, that simply won't allow you to quarter the animal and pack it out. For those of you that don't know, check your rules and regs. Certain states make you have proof of sex, and that is not antlers. You have to have the twig and giggle berries attached to the meat to a very large chunk of meat at the very least. So you want to check your rules and regs on that. I know that Kentucky does not require that. The last I checked, and Ohio does not. Um, Wyoming does. Oh, absolutely. Wyoming and Colorado. Wyoming and Colorado both do. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if Nebraska does. But I know that Wyoming and Colorado, pretty much if you can hunt elk, mule deer, you got to have proof of sex, I'm right. pretty sure. So, yep. Like John LaJoy says, show me your genitals. <laughs> show me your genitals. <laughs> Sh- show me your genitals. So, so it, like this, this, whole, this whole expo, the idea of it is just to inform, educate, test, try – Get people in there. Get people to be able to go and do these things that they might not be able to go do anywhere else. 
Um, you you're, can't. You can't. You can't do this in a store. You cannot go um, to any of the expos currently and try stuff out. The idea here is that you'll be able to go there and at least see somebody, hopefully do this stuff and be, or in you know best case scenario, you'll be able to try it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Chris said, towards the beginning of the podcast, like myself included, like I have a very hard time just buying stuff online. Like I'm an individual that likes to you know, get my hands on things, try stuff out before I buy it. And then let's face it, things nowadays are, are getting pretty expensive, right? You get some hang on stands that are, you know, close to $500. And it's like, that's a, that's a big chunk of change. Yeah. It's a big investment, you know, that you're putting into something without even trying it. So it, it, Definitely helps if you have an outlet or, you know, somewhere where you can try these things before you purchase it. It makes a big difference. It's kind of weird that you don't, that you're not able to do that. And I guess there's probably a liability thing that goes along with it. True. But, but like you go to a bow shop, you're handling a weapon and you're trying out bows and you're shooting arrows. Like realistically, you're able to go do that. I mean, you can't necessarily try out a gun unless you go to like maybe like a point blank or something and you try something similar to what you're wanting to try. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to like whip out, you know, a brand new Browning X bolt and say, yeah, take it down to the range for a second. Yeah, like, it's just not going to happen. Something like very local, like a local shop. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, here, try it. And we got, it. And, then, and they happen to have, have one available for you yeah. and the environment to be able yeah. to do it. So the idea here is guys and gals that you'll be able to go to this and we're hoping to, again, do this, you know, make this a yearly event for people to be able to come to and be able to, you know, expand the horizons on. And, you know, it's starting out as a mobile hunting expo. Maybe next year it grows to something a little bit bigger, encompasses a little bit more stuff. But we're hoping that this is something, uh, with the timing especially, that it gets you geared up. Haha, like that. Uh, for deer season because it comes in in September in Kentucky. It comes in in October in Ohio. September. Well, late September. Late, my bad. Late September September this year. Um, But you're going to have this ability to try this stuff out and maybe get something good right before the season starts. Absolutely. Yes. And we we haven't even mentioned, I think, probably the – one of the – biggest aspect of um, at least in my opinion of the show is officer bear and that passed away last year no 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 no, 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 no. He different didn't die didn't die he's oh, alive no 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 oh okay i was <laughs> I, I was thinking, thinking of a different guy, guy. I was thinking of someone else so the officer that was injured <laughs> the officer that was shot yes. last year in the line of duty he was setting up a decoy to catch some poachers we'll call them that and um i guess he only did he take one bullet, just one. I think it was just one. Okay, yeah. but it now that I'm thinking of the right person, I think yeah. it was just one. <laughs> you're thinking you're thinking of the officer that died going into the water. Yes, that's correct. At, that at, that at is a, the one. I was thinking. God, that was yes. rough. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, anywho, not to depress the hell out of everybody, but for those of you that don't know, uh, Officer Bear was injured in the line of duty last year due to somebody shooting him, and I. I mean, I haven't checked in lately. I haven't talked to Chris or anybody about it, but I know that they were talking about a pretty long road to full recovery. There was actually an article in the Acquirer about it today. Um, 
Wow. <laughs> um, okay. That, uh, <laughs> Inform me, Rick. I, I, be- I believe uh, they um, gave accommodations to the three officers who helped him that day. And I think that was him in the picture with them. Okay. Um, he is, I believe, and again, I, I I don't have my you know internet up on my computer, so I can't really look it up. But I believe that he's currently in a wheelchair, um, still recovering. But um, the idea here also is that we want to... So we're not going to make this an expensive event for anyone. Vendors people attending, people that are buying and selling food, all that. We just want to make this a fun time for everybody. My yeah. favorite thing in the world is to get everybody together, maybe have a beer if we can do that. I don't know if that's allowed, but if not, we'll have one at my house afterwards <laughs> or somewhere. We don't go out to a restaurant. With that said, um, we'll probably charge, what, like five bucks or something to get five in the door? And then we're going to do some raffles, and uh, we want to take a substantial amount of those proceeds and donate them to our wildlife officer, Officer Bear. Yep. So that is a little bit of an incentive for those of you that are like us and are pro-game warden. If you just want to come and learn, that's cool. If you just want to come and try to win free stuff or you know well not free because you have to pay to get in yeah um i i'm thinking what we do is because we shouldn't have any kind of shortage of things donated to to raffle off so i think what we'll do everybody that comes you know you you pay your admission let's say five dollars you get a ticket yep it goes in a bucket with just like anywhere you go you throw it in a bucket we call you know one two three names whatever and they get they win x and then we sell raffle tickets, and uh, that'll be a good way for us to reimburse ourselves. It is costing money to rent this kind of larger building, yeah. and it is going to cost money to put this together. So I don't want people to think, you know, even though it's okay, it's fine if we make money, right? It's fine for anybody to make money, but I don't want everybody to think that we're trying to get rich off of a damn expo. No, not this at all. This is to fund to make the expo better next year because my goal is to grow it and have by next year a very nice, completely unbiased film festival. I I have so much respect getting into this. I think we can all agree. Filming even a tutorial in a kitchen is not just something that happens. Right. There has to be thought and dedication, yep. preparation, and execution behind that. Now, try to film the damn white-tailed deer that's chasing a doe around. He's only in range for X amount of seconds. or you got to make a decision and guess a yardage or range him. Or, I mean, it's very difficult. So I want to put together a film festival for people to come in and enjoy and compete in. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a look inside of our mind at the moment. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts, guys? I think it's going to be a hell of a time. Um, yeah, there, there seems to be some pretty good feedback so far on our Facebook agreed. page. Um, there's you know quite a few people that seem pretty excited about it and are wanting to learn. 
um I, I think i think that's definitely a big part of people are like i said earlier you know they're wanting to try some of these things but they may not have the opportunity to and they don't want to spend the money up front just to like try it when they may not even like it so um we're getting some pretty good feedback so far yeah yeah i mean i mean this is this is one of those things that so if you've ever been what i think the initial year will probably look like is if you've ever been to um an nwtf banquet or a pheasants forever banquet like sure like you go that's, you that's see a very good description you see stuff you look at things you might bid on stuff that we might do silent auction we might do raffle different things um we've got a really cool thing already donated to us um that is going to be really great for whoever wins it right before deer season hint hint um and this is going to be one of those things where you walk through you look at stuff you talk to people you learn you network all that kind of stuff the idea being next year it's bigger maybe at Maybe it's one day, maybe it's two days. It just, it really kind of depends. The possibilities are endless with this, but with anybody in, uh, within the sound of my voice who's hearing this, it doesn't work unless people show up to it. So mm-hmm. this is for a good cause overall. This isn't just us trying to like come and beg for money. This is for us to be able to help out someone who has, uh, given their life to a cause that we all go out each and every year and uh, try to pursue and uh, someone who is hurt in the line of duty uh, who we have a lot of respect for. And we want to be able to help that person out, especially to help him and his family get back um, some of the stuff that may have been, you know, lost or, you know, whatever, word you want to put there for them and ideally the best way that we do this is we do what we do best we talk about stuff we learn we teach and it's also plug for me since i'm not saying at the end it's a good thing to uh, bring new people to exposure exposure and and opening people's minds and i want to be honest with people i didn't come up with this or you know nobody came up with this just to help an officer that's a perk um correct i think um, the majority of our listeners are probably believers. So in the Bible, it talks about tithing, right? So, uh, I'm not the best church goer. I'm in the woods. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I still believe in tithing in a different way. It's giving back to your community and surrounding communities. So anytime that I'm blessed with something, whether it be an idea or money or sponsorship, whatever you want to call it, I want to share that with other people who maybe they're on hard times and less fortunate, or maybe they just don't know, or maybe I just want to make their day. I mean, you don't have to be a poor person or an injured person to have a good day, you know, to share, to be shared with. So that said, um, that's just kind of look at my mindset. I thought of this and then I thought, man, who else could we help? Oh, damn. Officer Bear. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. So, uh, with that said, Rick couldn't be more right, though. Exposure is so huge. You don't know until you know. Like, If somebody doesn't show you, there's a damn good chance that you will never know. Right. Not all of us are Garrett Prawl, 
Um, you probably don't know who that no is. No idea so who that is. Probably the greatest. Uh, you don't line. know who Garrett is. You need to look up the DIY sportsman. And uh, I'm not big on plugging people that aren't helping us and everything, but he's the most intelligent, greatest mind. He's probably responsible for all of this mobile hunting. Oh, okay. Saddle hunting. Um, well, he, that's, he, that's probably more Eberhardt, but is uh, he it, YouTube? Well, <laughs> are these YouTube guys? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's a YouTube guy. Okay, so yeah, biggest, I'm, I'm, well, yeah, a large sense. YouTube guy. Um, when it comes to the different climbing meth- methods and aiders and just all, he's the guy that gave me the idea. Well, no, sorry. He didn't give me the idea. He shared the idea. He said, here, Chris. I had the idea as well. <laughs> he made me feel confident about my idea, talking about hunting from a ladder where you can't find oh, trees. Oh, yeah, again. where we had this conversation. So, yeah. and, and I'm telling you, the things this guy comes up with, you're just like, damn, mm-hmm. dude. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's been around for a little while. Uh, if, if you look him up, DIY Sportsman, he's got some good stuff online. He's probably been on YouTube for the better part of, if not a decade. Oh, uh, well. roughly. He's, he's been on there a while. Um, good so to know. I, I want to, you know. I want us to make a little bit of money to donate to somebody. I want us to make a little bit of money to reinvest into this for next year and to uh-huh. reimburse what we spend, obviously. Because we're probably, I mean, I'm going to say we're probably going to be in the hole about 500 bucks easily. Yeah. At least. Oh, yeah. And I, least, I, that's yeah. that's just 24 to 36 hours of me coming up with something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's venue and, and all the other stuff that comes along with it. The other thing that I want to say, and I, I haven't gotten clarification on this yet. I'm working on having backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah. Come to this as well, which I'm really excited about. The Ohio make, chapter or the Kentucky chapter or both. I'm pretty sure it'll be the Ohio chapter, but don't quote me yet. Okay. Um, do you know Dustin? Yeah. Dustin. Okay. Yeah. He's, Basically, I guess my contact, you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, super awesome guy. believe he's uh, the president of the Ohio chapter. Oh, well. <laughs> if, there you I, go. If I'm not there mistaken. I'm so well connected. So I'm, <laughs> so or I'm, not. Well, I met him. I want to say it was Dustin. I met him at the public grouse thing that backcountry and hunters and uh, anglers did. Probably uh, pre Like two weeks before COVID went crazy. Okay, um, yeah. I wish year. I would have went to that. I yeah. hate myself. For no, man, it, it was that. it was completely awesome. So, I mean, realistically, that that'd be a great one to get in there too, because not only are you know we talking about mobile hunting, you know, their 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 whole thing is mobility, getting in the back country, getting in the outdoors, getting you know more people involved and doing all this stuff, and it's it's super important um, to look at how you have so many different ways you know i know that we've talked about possibly getting a couple people who own canoe shops and that kind of stuff too because that's important just as well you know we're not talking just stands here we're talking all meanings and matters of being able to get into the outdoors um that you might not necessarily take uh just with your two feet amen to that dude um what else can we hit on here? I mean, there's so... <sighs> you just have to come and see it. You're just yeah. going to have to come and see it. Like, we, we could sit here and tell you everything about it, and you're just going to have to come and see it. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have flyers put together and everything yep. and probably do a little bit of a promo video. Yep. 
Uh, I won't say too much, but I'll use the word e-bikes. Yeah. That could be involved in this. Uh, kayaks. Yeah. The words of Will Ferrell in... Uh, Oh gosh, I don't know which one it was, but it might be something cool that I've never seen before. Old school, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I know. It might be something I've never seen. Maybe I've something I've never seen before. So, I mean, the, these are all cool things. Um, I'm really excited for this. I really, really, really hope everybody listening gets an opportunity to come and see this, which we should probably say where the venue's at because it's not um i mean for those familiar with our area it's a pretty easy spot to find but for those yes. who may be traveling in from out of state because i think there will probably be some people who do that absolutely um you know chris where are we having this at we are going to host this event august 7th saturday august 7th we don't have a time yet but it is going to be held at the Brown County Fairgrounds in Georgetown, Ohio. This is a great place for us to not only have a large air-conditioned space for people to converse and work together, but also we will have the poles, trees, etc. available to be able to test out the different Climbing methods, stands, saddles, you name it. I'm going there Tuesday, I believe, with another intricate uh, part of this whole plan. Um, I want to say his company's name is Echo Pro. Eco Pro? I could be screwing all this up. Probably. Hopefully I'm not. Please love me, Seth. <laughs> um, Seth Karki, uh, he's an amazing person. And is helping me with this, and um, he's helped me secure this place and everything, and I'm super grateful. So, is it the big building? Uh, yes. Yeah. Which so which building is it? It's the big building behind the grandstands. So if you, oh, okay. so this this is a throwback. If you ever went to uh, the NWTF um, Ohio River Valley Longbeards uh, banquet banquet years ago, this has probably been. You know, 15 years ago, it would have been in that same building. It is a very large space. It's a great space. Um, and it is a very um, spacious space. But I'm like, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just so pumped for this. It, it's a big space. I mean, if, I mean, anyone in Ohio, the. What a, what's the nickname? The Little State Fair. The Little it's, State Fair. It's the second largest fair in it's Ohio. Where do you go to get the damn pork tenderloin? <laughs> Anybody yes. who knows anything about anything when it comes to food, you stand in that long ass line. I've never had a pork midday. tenderloin at the Brown County Fair. Oh my god! Oh. What? <laughs> You're a foodie. I know. You no, even cook now? I've. That, oh that's a lie. I cannot that's believe you have not had a pork tenderloin sandwich. Never had one oh. at the Brown County Fair. Oh my god. Never had one. Never had one. (laughs) Well, it was kind of like one of those things where it's like people would go and stand in line at the Cattleman's building too, and it's like, like I think that no offense to whoever was cooking it, like in 1996, but like, (laughs) like I stood in line to get a burger from, like I was standing in line to get a burger there, and it took me 20 minutes, and I got the burger and I ate it. I'm like, oh, it's a okay burger. It's like it's not, it's not wonderful. but but would you agree but, that a burger 
is something that is very easy to mess up because it takes one little idiot to overcook it. Or to not put it in a ball and smash it on his griddle top, Cam. Oh, your flat ball. That's a ball <laughs> flattener and all shit. That's not a thing. Yes, it is. It is It is so a thing. So Hold on. What's the difference in you flattening the damn burger on the griddle versus me flattening it with my hands? On a griddle? Yes. Because you're... Huh? Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Josh is like doing sign language, like Navy SEAL <laughs> sign. My flashlight's <laughs> on. Here's the it. difference with that. On. Okay. <laughs> when you take a burger or when you're forming a burger, one, there's... For, first step. Everyone within the sound of my voice, please listen to this. When you're making a burger. <laughs> within the sound of my voice. Yes. Within the sound <laughs> of my voice. Specifically, you two sitting here in front of me. Always set it up. And get it cold first. Don't put it in a freezer. Keep it in the fridge. It's going to keep its form better. It's going to keep everything better with inside of it. Are you talking about a venison burger or are you talking about a beef burger? Clearly a beef burger. Okay, so a beef burger. What you want to do is you want to get it into a ball if you're doing it on a griddle top. And the reason why you do that is you let it crust, press down, and then it flattens to the right size. If you're just going to do it in a patty form, that's fine. But you're going to end up with an unevenly cooked burger. Huh. You're, it, it, it is not going so to... So you're telling me that if I have a ball of meat yes. on a griddle... And you push it flat with the but, spatula. But wait, you got to let the bottom cook a little bit, right? You're talking about crust in the bottom, right? For a minute. And then you press it. Okay, but how much of that ball is touching the griddle? That much. Yeah, very little, right? Yes. Not really seeing... How this is just going to make my life different. I wish I had a poll that I could put up right now. <laughs> a poll? A poll. Like a P-O-L-L. Poll. No, I, I understand how to spell it. but Okay. <laughs> which, is the, which is the right way to cook a burger on a griddle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I know like... Well, never mind. Rick is not That's a fan P- of steak. Wait, hold on, hold on. What, 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 what kind of poll did you think I was talking about? Well, I mean, you know. No, I don't because because <laughs> I said P O L L, and then you said I know how to spell it. That's not how you spell P O L E. He knew, he knew the whole time. Then that, my friends, is how you coax it out of him. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try this, and I will be very honest and upfront with you. But you better pray to the Lord our God. Do not. So, no, hold on. You can't do. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, can't, you can't do it on like an electric griddle top that you have in your in your kitchen. Who it's, in the mother hell has any other kind of griddle? Uh, Cam does. Cam does not. Cam has a blackstone griddle. He sat there and told us in the chat the other day. Picked up a blackstone griddle. What the hell did you think he was cooking it Wait, on? I, I missed this chat. Yeah, I missed that I, too. I literally, I have an electric griddle in that cabinet right there. It doesn't work the same. Oh, really? So he, you got to put the griddle in a ball. <laughs> Kiss my ass. You got to have a ball griddle. <laughs> Luke's going to love this. Jesus. <laughs> the, 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 point, the point that I'm trying to make, though, is if you're trying to make a smashed burger, that is the way that you do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. That's whoa. a restaurant. And that's no. a smashed, smashed burger. That's a smashed burger. Obviously, a, you don't have a smashed a burger if you don't freaking smash it. But but every place you go to that cooks them on a griddle does that. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yes. Fair. <clears throat> if I'm cooking on a grill. So those burgers are good, right? Five guys, smash burger, all that, right? Yeah. 
how many medium or medium rare burgers you ever had from there? Zero, because you zero. That's right. But no, 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 because you can't order a medium rare burger from Smashburger. Exactly, because they cook them all medium well to well. So, I would say medium. So how would they ever know that it's an evenly cooked burger because they're all cooked above X temperature? They don't know what it's like to try to get red or pink in there. He asked, how do I cook a burger on a griddle, correct? He did. Okay. That is how you cook a burger so on a griddle. So you can't cook a medium rare burger on a griddle? If I form a patty. Or do you just not have talent? If I form. <laughs> I got plenty of talent. If I, <laughs> just ask my mom. <laughs> if I form a patty the correct way, and like you said, you like pat it flat in your hands. Make it clap. Make it clap. Is it going to cook the correct way? evenly the same way as it would on a grill absolutely not it's not going to that is why you form it into a ball and you press it flat that is why you do that on a griddle if you go to a grill and you form a patty you have a better chance of cooking it the way that you want ladies and gentlemen of the jury let the record show that i do not agree with this but at the moment, I will not disagree with this until I try it. I also want the record to show that you got to have a specific ball griddle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> as soon as we brought up that we had a griddle, it couldn't be that griddle. It has to be another no, griddle. No, because I, because I have an electric griddle at home, and I have tried this, and it does not work the you same. You just feel like the heat, what, what would you call that, heat convection or whatever. It, do, it, do, it, it is not. So when you have a Blackstone. Too uneven. Yeah, it's too uneven. So most uh, most griddles that you keep in your house are electric griddles, and they have that an, spot is right by the plug. Well, exactly because because that's or where the worst depending or, on what you want. <laughs> exactly, if you want it done quick. The, the 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 element runs in kind of an S shape underneath the top, whereas if you have a blackstone, it's a propane fed grill at griddle, and it heats from the bottom, and the whole thing heats. So you have even heat across the entire thing. Okay. While Josh is over there texting people and laughing and coughing. Giggles McTinkles over here. Jeez, oh, Pete. Sorry. Oh, um, Careful what you say. <laughs> our, our message thread is generally not a place for people under the age yes. of 21. Luke was messaging in our chat. And, um, oh, is he showing pictures of his... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's showing Look pictures. Look at my body. Don't body shame me. Yeah. Look at me. Don't body shame me. Anyways... <laughs> That's how you cook a burger, but <laughs> besides, so you could you can maybe learn some things about food cooking at the expo. Maybe who knows? Well, you could oh, have, yeah. but Rick is actually going to be gone. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to be gone. Unfortunately, I'm excited about this, but I'm not going to be able I'm to make it. I'm not going Rick, to be in. Rick. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before you say anything, <laughs> just know that his parents will judge you from afar. Do not. <laughs> Don't say anything. Shh. Anyways, <laughs> I won't be there because of a prior engagement that I have. <laughs> that uh, 
I That's tried not to. That's funny. I shouldn't be no, laughing. No, it's really not. No. Um, that I that I tried to explain to them and did poorly <laughs> earlier today, and that's why they're I continuing like you, to you. laugh. You yes. owned that. You did do it poorly. In the yeah. I'm not, not going to deny that I didn't do it correctly. Like he asked, and then he's like, "Is it this and this?" I'm like, "No, it's this, 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 and this." And he's like, "Why didn't you just say this?" If you want to know the story, just PM me or come to the yes. expo. Yeah, <laughs> come to the expo, and we'll talk about it while. Rick's not there. Oh yeah. man, how many how many wines have you had? He's had I've like had like six <laughs> glasses, <laughs> like seven glasses of wine. I don't. He's think holding the mic closer much. this time, so he is. And he's, yes. you know what he's doing too? What talking like a guy? <laughs> yes, he is. Like, can he all runs. of our listeners hear us or hear me? Sorry. Yes, we the whole world can, can hear, hear us. <laughs> so the other idea that I did have for this, I don't know. If uh, anything that we can do this year, but next year, another thing I would like to focus on is the guys. How do I word this without offending all the people that do like the bass tournament thing and the pay lake thing? Like guys like Will, guys like Seth and Dustin who fly fish. Uh, no, 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 oh, not just okay. fly fishing. Cause I don't give it, you know, don't get me wrong. Cool. But if you want to take a crankbait, that's fine too. I, I guess it would kind of be along the lines of backcountry anglers type deal. Yeah, where yeah, they yeah. Find headwaters, tailwaters, lakes that are in remote places, you know, whatever, oceanic places, islands, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're well away and they're not in a nice boat or whatever. They're going out and finding fish. It'd be cool if people like that could come and not not give away spots. But yeah, we're not spot burning in any of this stuff, just so any of you are aware. <laughs> but not happening to teach people maybe how they go about selecting looking, water, selecting water and bait selection, what they're looking for early in the year. You know, when you're trying to find that magical pike or muskie mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a big female smallmouth getting ready to spawn, stuff right. like that. I, you know, I feel like all the real big into it fishermen are, you know, how do I say this again? I'm probably going to offend half the people that are listening, but that's just me and you. That's okay. (laughs) Um, that said guys that fish a lot have a pretty deep appreciation for the cold weather pre-spawn. Right. And I think a lot of those guys hit that up pretty big. Another thing that they do that just blows my mind is they night fish and I'm not talking about on the bank of the river with Bud Light and no. surf rods. No. I'm talking about which that's fine. I love catfishing, but I'm talking about going and catching stripers and wipers and um you know, musky and uh all kinds of different stuff. Uh trout, you name it. Mm-hmm. They're busting these things at night and it blows my mind. Yeah. So which it's really cool. I should say uh, shout out because we do have a listener in Mexico and I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, oh, uh, congrats to uh, Wesley Bruff uh, on his potential unofficial world yeah. record Pacific snook by over four pounds. By over four pounds. Yeah, after uh, they had to bury it in the sand. They had yeah, to bury you, it. You in showed the us sand. that picture earlier. It's that is a huge fish. Um, that is a big snook. To yes. to be clear, uh, I don't. Just to get the the brevity of it, brevity. he is six five six six 
Oh, wow. Yeah. He doesn't even look that big in the picture. No. It's because the damn fish the is huge. The fish is up to his face from his legs, and it is, it is a monster fish. So kudos to him. That is going to be the new IGFA all-tackle world record. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, he uh, currently holds two of those now. So Wow. What, he, what are the other ones? Uh, the other one is the world record giant needlefish um that he caught i forget how many years ago that uh i actually have a picture of another one that we accidentally snagged and had, you were telling us about that right so had Last we not year. had had we yeah. not accidentally snagged it it would have been the new world record um just absolutely massive so a guy getting it done was not trying to fish for this at all and uh happened into it it just absolutely blew up a bait that he was fishing, and he's a hell of a fisherman. So, kudos to you, Wes, if you're if you're listening to this. So, um, very cool, guys. We're at an hour. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, concluders. Josh, go. Oh, put me on the spot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, I mean, like we've talked about all this entire podcast, essentially is you know the expo right i'm i'm pretty excited for the expo well we should have you know a lot of good guest speakers there right a lot of good vendors there um people that are looking to learn and just get into mobile hunting it should be a good opportunity um so if if you have the opportunity to attend on saturday august 7th um I I would attend. Yeah, that's that's Please my do. concluder. Yes. Please do. Absolutely. Smoking dad. Smoking dad. <laughs> Thank you to my lovely wife for getting me my <laughs> sweet shirt. She actually didn't get this shirt. She made that shirt. Really? It's yeah. a nice uh, So Dude, she came down. I almost said Oklahoma Joe, but that's not an Oklahoma Joe. That is your smoker. I, on okay. the front of that. You heard that right here, Erica. Yeah. I told her that, that looks like your smoker. Other than the wheel. Other than the wheel, it looks exactly like it your smoker. It is my smoker. I, w- I, would, um, yeah. I would describe that as an Oklahoma Joe. It is a reverse flow yes. smoker. So she made me an awesome shirt. Love her to death. She's very crafty. Her yeah. and Cora do all kinds of stuff. In fact, um, got some shirts for you guys. Sweet. Um, not tonight, but... Damn oh, it. I was going to say tonight. <laughs> yeah, not tonight. Um... I guess my concluder is, you know, Josh stole my concluder. I'm supposed <laughs> I, to be this I like, apologize. expo guy. No, um, honestly, guys, enjoy your summer. Get out there and scout. I don't have a whole lot because I've talked myself to death. You know, we'll make this my concluder. Get out and take your wife or husband or whoever to dinner. Enjoy, go to a place where you can get a charcuterie board and a bottle of wine and sit there and enjoy yourself. Get a little drunk and then eat some Wagyu. We did that for my 10th anniversary the other day and it was awesome. So That is a good concluder. Oh, it's so good. And for our listeners, it just so happened that night, I mean, we were messaging in our uh, little uh, message, Message message thread. 
Uh, Rick was about a block away from you and your wife, right? Yep. On your 10th anniversary. Yep. And then my wife and I were actually a block away from you guys. So <laughs> we were we were within a couple blocks of each other, which, I mean, that's... It was a pretty funny coincidence. We were all in the same area. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. Senor Rick? Sorry, I was just reading that I would love chat. to hear your Jeez, Pete. Um, as always... Get someone outdoors if you can. But uh, my other concluder is it is July 1st. Uh, by the time you hear this, we'll be observing uh, things on the 5th. But happy Independence Day to everybody. Oh, yeah. Please celebrate safely and responsibly. Don't blow off any trigger fingers while you are lighting off fireworks this year. <laughs> that could make for a bad deer season. But also, thank a veteran. Thank anybody who's helped um, with your independence just as an individual uh, and celebrate this great country that we all live in. At the same time, I would also say uh, it is a great time right now even though both of you made fun of me by asking about it three times a day because I didn't know what the hell, if it was a mobile hunting expo or fishing expo. Um, <laughs> bass fishing at night right now is going really well. If you can get out and go fishing in the evenings, uh, right in the twilight through the night, bass bite is on fire. Spinnerbaits, spinnerbaits. Spinnerbaits. What should Big I jigs. use when I fish? Uh, Spinnerbait. <laughs> <laughs> or a football jig. Um, dark, don't be afraid to use dark colors. Uh, oh, absolutely use dark colors purple, at night. Purple, black, uh, anything like that. It's, it's going to help you, and you're going you're gonna to be a lot happier with some of the fish that you're going to be catching during this yep. time of year. So That's not a joke, by the way. You actually do use dark, dark colors, colors at night. Keep in mind, they're not seeing the color. They're seeing the silhouette against basically the sky. Is that yep, right? Correct. So you got to think of it that way. It's not their vision is not like ours. Yeah. So so all right. Well, Since you started it with a mouthful of bread, do you want to take it yeah. out without uh, having a mouthful of bread this time? Uh, that's fine, guys. We appreciate you listening to us. This has been fueled by the outdoors, and we've been joined by our wonderful assistant Josh Luck here in his lovely home. Thank you very much for the charcuterie board. Uh, yeah, appreciate it, man. You guys are welcome. And uh, hosting this. And uh, thanks to my boy Rick here who's going to spend hopefully not too much time editing this because we need to let it be funny. Yep. Yes, let we it, need to let, let it be it funny. Put the real stuff out <laughs> yes. there. Feel, feel the wine flowing through you. <laughs> not as much as you do, apparently. Yeah, we don't feel the wine <laughs> yes. flowing like you do. <laughs> I got to drive home, dude. Yeah, we, we gotta I, make I, I just have to go up a flight of stairs. Flight so. of stairs. I've, exactly. I've got, you've got like four flights of stairs, actually. So, um, I've got a 40-minute drive home, and Rick's yeah. got a four-minute drive home. Yeah. Thank you. So, but uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we're excited to get this expo put together for you um come out august 7th we'll see you next week all right bye 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 and that will do it for our podcast today please remember to subscribe like review on all major podcasting platforms we are available on apple google tune in 
CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors1 the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.